Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. We grow on the edge of discomfort. Justin Smith. The connection that happens when you're vulnerable and exposed, whether it's on a bike, whether it's somebody in a peak or whatever, however you get outside, it's really, we grow on the edge of discomfort. So we we put, we purposely put ourselves in these situations where we're, we're wanting to see what we're made of. And sometimes it's scary when you actually get there. And this is coming from this last test that I just endured. When we actually get there and we arrive at this place where we're like, whoa, this is really something. Like, whoa. And then you move past it and you're like, I'm, I'm a changed person. I'm better for that. Like the, the needle has actually moved. And I think that's what we're all aspiring for. When we wake up every day, we want to go to bed and know that we've just left it all out there and look at myself in the mirror and say, yeah, I, I gave it everything I had today. I'm Doc, and this is Hiker Trash Radio. Hey, is this thing on? Hello? Hit it again. I think it's on now. <clears throat> Welcome to Hiker Trash Radio, where each week, Doc will drag some colorful characters out of the woods to talk trail and type 2 fun. If you're aspiring hiker trash, or if you're just looking to understand the hiker trash in your life, look no further. So lace up those boots, gnaw on some jerky, and settle into your 20-mile pace as we fire up the podcast from somewhere deep in the backcountry. It's time to embrace the suck.
We are stoked to partner with Garage Grown Gear on this episode of Hiker Trash Radio. Garage Grown Gear, or GGG for short, is your online store for all things ultralight backpacking. Dedicated to supporting the growth of small and cottage brands, they've got everything you need all in one place. From ultralight accessories to dehydrated meals to your big three, Garage Grown Gear has everything you need to lighten your load. Based out of St. Paul, Minnesota, GGG is known for its commitment to providing quality ultralight gear, stellar customer service, and free shipping and returns over $40. Welcome back to another week on the trail, dirtbags, hiker trash, and of course, good smelling day hikers. I'm Doc, and this is Hiker Trash Radio. If you like what we're doing here, take just a minute to help us out. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't like it, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guest, a backpacker, adventure racer, and long-distance endurance bike racer, Justin Smith. Welcome to Hiker Trash Radio, Justin. How's it going? Yeah, it's going well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. As we're talking tonight, you are fresh off a major accomplishment. Can you uh, just, in brief, because we'll get to the details later, but in brief, just uh, tell us what, what you've been up to recently. Wow, I've been recovering recently, but I buttoned up a 16-day endurance feat on the Tour Divide, on the Great Divide mountain bike route. I started, it always starts the first Friday in June, and 16 days later, I was arriving at the chain link fence at the Mexico border, being greeted by my wife and four-year-old daughter, and took a couple of days to just process what it was. It's still, I still wake up, I'm like, what have I done? But yeah, now I'm back in the, the front country in the real world, just doing what we're all doing. But yeah, still taking it all in, actually. Uh, Congratulations. What an accomplishment. But I have to imagine it was fairly easy. You're right in southbound, so it was all downhill, right? Mostly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tailwind at your back and (laughs) smooth sailing. No, it's it's the real deal. I think curiosity has piqued my interest. And I finally got the opportunity, carved out a little window of time and big sacrifice for all of us, including my wife, who had to chase around the toddler for a couple of weeks by herself. And I'm just, I'm stoked to have pulled it off. And a lot of people, it takes them a couple of tries to everything to go right. And it worked in my favor this year. Big shout out to your wife. We are all very fortunate to have spouses who are supportive of our hobbies and what we do and couldn't do these things without their support and being there and managing all the other things that happen while we're we're out on the trail or out on the the track. So... That's fantastic. All right. And hey, we have to give credit also to our mutual friend of the podcast, Brett Gravelin. Without him, we wouldn't be talking tonight. Yeah, Brett and I swam together at UC Santa Cruz and done some cool adventures together. So he was like, dude, you you should should do it. Go for it. It's like, all right, sounds good. So yeah, real honor. Like I said, thanks for all you do for everyone who aspires and gets outside to continue to be inspired and make the best of every adventure and every situation and grow and learn and keep moving forward. I don't want to put too much pressure on you, but he said that I had to talk to you because you were just like one of the most interesting, funny, rounded guys he he knows. That's kind. He's a good dude. We get out as much as we can and it's an honor to be in the same town and he's got, he's got two littles. One of them's my daughter's age. So yeah, we get out, go to the pump track and have some fun and enjoy some conversation and some, some hard stuff. Good deal. When's the last time you saw Brett? 
Oh, I saw him just uh, a couple of days ago. He gave me a phone call every single night when he was leaving work and left a message. I didn't always get service, but each day I'd peel out my phone and when I did get service, I'd turn it on and there'd be two or three messages from Brad. Hey man, you're crushing it. Oh, you got this, man. You're doing awesome. You know, I got 16 flavors of ice cream here and you get your pick when you come into town. Keep riding for the ice cream. So yeah, it was great. Fantastic. Uh, You know, it does take you... You don't always think about that when you're out there, but all the people that are just invested in the experience and you just know that the trail always provides you. You're always, when you're feeling low, somebody's there to help lift you up, whether it's at home in your community or out there on the trail. And uh, that's really the magic of getting out there and exploring. And he was certainly rallying some troops back here in Santa Cruz for me. Yeah, it's great. That sounds like Brett. Fantastic. Now, I, I mentioned in addition to bike racing, you're also a backpacker. Have you picked up a trail name along the way? This is funny. So I met my wife. We were teaching sixth grade science camp. I graduated a degree in psychology. I thought I wanted to go into wilderness therapy. I got a job with Outward Bound leading 28-day canoe trips in Florida for adjudicated youth. And I didn't really have a deep bag of tricks. I'm just, I'm really passionate about just connecting at the deepest level possible. So here I was just connecting with these kids, hearing their stories. And Florida really wasn't for me after a couple of months. I came back and a mutual friend of, of Brett and I's actually, we were, we were up climbing a peak in Tahoe. Ian Carney and he slipped and fell. We were out there together and passed away. And that, that really just turned my world on its head. Whoa, life is so short. Wow. Here I am, 20 years old. I lost my college roommate, my best friend. Whoa, that really sparked my desire to travel and to explore and to get out and to really see as much as I can and feel as much as I can. And so from that, I went to South America for four months. I traveled around there, really got bit by the bug. And I came back and I was doing a lot of experiential ed. I got into leading some backpacking trips and rock climbing and snowshoeing. And then I was working at a six or eight science camp. And I met my wife and her name, that her nature name was Buckeye. My nature name was Swift. And shortly after we met, we hit it off. We were trekking up in the desolation area and we get up to Dick's Pass there and there's a guy on his cell phone and I had been interested in the PCT. We see this guy and my wife's, what's this guy doing talking on his phone? And he's, hey, sorry, I'm talking to my girlfriend. And so my wife's, we're going to do the PCT next year. After we descend right down there to Lake Aloha, I want to do it. I'm like, I don't know. This is a lot. There's a lot of planning that goes in. I don't know if we can pull this off. And long story short, we ended up towing, we hiked the PCT 2010 and I was open to any new name that came my way but for some reason after a couple of weeks we just went with swift and buckeye and we just kept it and it's always stayed there i think i was really attracted to the swift bird just being like always on the go and eating sleeping while they're moving and now i've fortunately slowed down a little bit i have a four-year-old that i chase around a lot but i've slowed down but i still embody i think the swift persona that's great that's a great story i mean you, you took us places it was a roller coaster of a story with the uh, the bit about Ian there, I'm sorry to hear about him, but obviously had a profound impact on your life. Most definitely. And I think everybody else who, who competes at a, at a college sport level, you get really connected and mm-hmm. cohesive. And so we were all really tight. It really impacted the whole Santa Cruz swim mm-hmm. community. And for me, it, it just, it's always a reminder. I spent a lot of time just thinking, I lost my mom to cancer just a few years after that, 2009. And when you experience loss and hardship really at a young age, I think it, it, it 
it really just changes the way we show up in the world. And I think for me, it's really made me much more empathetic and much more understanding and patient and open to all the 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 opportunities. And right. so, yeah, I've tried to say yes as much as I can. I've been better at saying no lately, which has actually been a good thing. But uh, yeah, I, I do attribute a lot of my love and passion for really trying to be the best version of myself to seeing those go at such a young age and me be reminded that while I'm here, while I'm like out exploring, like I'm going to make the most of uh, my time while I'm here. Yeah. It provides for some perspective and context for sure. Yeah. Thanks. Now with your trail name being Swift, as you get older, as we all get older, we slow down a little bit. Does the trail name also evolve with you? Do you become not so fast at some point and then maybe later on it's slow? I, I'm open. I don't feel like I'm like, I've really tried to be mindful of the attachments I have in life. So I'm not so attached to getting a new name at some point. It, it, it is the Swift and Buckeye. My wife created a little logo for a while of a tree and a little bird in it. And I think we, the year after the PCT Yogi approached us, she writes a lot of through hiker mm -hmm. handbooks there. And so we got some quote, we got cited in there a couple of times. So then several years later, we're out exploring and eventually, wait, you're the Swift and Buckeye from 2010. That year was a really heavy snow year, snow pad, very similar to this year. Legendary. Uh, so yeah, it was pretty <laughs> wild. I mean, 200 miles on the JMT were all snow. You're just yeah. wayfinding. Holy smokes. But it was amazing. And certainly paved the way for, we thought if we could survive 148 days out there together, we could probably endure a whole lot. So it's been a good adventure thus far. And yeah, this is not the first time I've said this Swift, but if you and your significant other can coexist after a, a trip like the PCT, there's no hiding on the trail. It, yeah, it's, no. You're with a person 24 seven. Uh, there's highs, there's lows. The real you is the real you out there. And right. if, if you guys are still together after that, that's a forever couple right there. Yeah. Nice. And I'm, I am always happy to talk about the PCT, especially when it happened, I don't want to say the early years, but there are so many resources available to us now in 2023, right? People are walking around with computers in their pockets, right? Everything yeah. is accessible. I wanted, we'll get to it a little bit later, but I want to pick your brain about what it was like preparing for and getting out there in 2010. Sure. So, okay, cool. All right. Hey, Swift, have you had a chance to listen to the podcast before? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I just want to make sure that you are aware of a segment that we have towards the end called Hiking Hacks, where I will turn to you and ask you to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. So I assume okay. you've got plenty of trail wisdom because you're out there in 2010. You just got off the, the trail off the, the Great Divide Trail. The, the Great Divide race. I'm expecting big things out of you. Well, you look, you've had some legendary folks on here. Let's, I'll give you what I got. I'll see if I can dig deep and have something that's interesting. All right. Trailblazers Toolkit. That's right, Swift. It's time for the Trailblazers Toolkit, sponsored by the Ultralight Backpacking Gear Company, Six Moon Designs. Now, I love to talk about gear, and I love to hear about the most important item in my guest's adventure gear. So if you're preparing for your next adventure, whether it's a backpacking adventure or a biking adventure, and I was the one providing you with all your gear, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? 
Give me all the specifics on that piece of gear and tell me why you got to have it out there. And this could be any type of item. It could be gear. It could be apparel. It could be luxury item. So, Swift, what is that item in your toolkit? Ooh, man. I'm feeling a little bit of a tie here, but it's tricky. I love my Merino base layer, but I also love my puffy. <laughs> Honestly, I think I probably get a little more mileage out of my 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 base layer. I seem to wear it to hot, cold, protects the skin, doesn't smell like my other poly stuff does. And I've got so many different thicknesses. I've tracked down some wool tops in New Zealand. That's a great place to go thrift store thrifting. Find some really good merino stuff down there. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go merino wool base layer. I think that's become a staple for sure. Every trip. Yeah, I haven't not had one with me. So thrifting in New Zealand. I guess if you're going to drop all that money on a plane ticket to New Zealand, you better go thrifting. The last time I was there was after 2019 Eco Challenge with Brett. And I go into the little co-op store. I'm like, yeah, like I want to get myself another Merino top. Like I want something that says New Zealand on it. Like this will be a nice little souvenir for me. So I go in. And fortunately, dollar goes a little further when it's converted to New Zealand dollar. But I don't know. It was still 50, 60 bucks for this top. And I like walk out and sure enough, I see across the street thrift store. So I go in there and then I'm like, what? I'm like looking top after top. So I think I bought five Merino tops, including like an all blacks, which is their their rugby team, proper zip up. And I'm talking like 400 weight, like thick, really nice. I bought a couple other, like a short sleeve. And I think I must've spent 25 bucks. And so I go back across the street. I return my other one and get my other New Zealand rifting Merino wool apparel. But yeah, wool, it's socks. And any piece of wool is worth its weight in gold. You are stocked up on your merino gear. Yeah. Nice. Nice. All right. It's the hiking pole. Keep us talking about gear. We've got the hiking pole, and that's pole spelled with two L's, like a survey, not like the thing you carry in your hand out there. This is a seven-question survey. It's going to allow me to give you a score on the sanity scale with one being completely insane, 100 being completely sane, and there's an automatic 25-point deduction as for anybody who's done any of the American Long Trails, like the PCT in 2010. So your top score is 75 tonight. Possible. Okay. All right. Have you heard the hiking pole before? No. No? Okay. All right. So... Seven questions, all related to hiking. I've changed it up a little bit because I've had some repeat customers on here before. I didn't want to ask them the same questions. So we're going to go with the new questions for you tonight, Swift. You ready for this? Yeah. Okay, this is not rapid fire. I don't want just your immediate reaction. Of course, I want to find out which what your answer is, but you have to explain it because that will help okay. me with the scoring algorithm. Okay. All right? You're, you're a science guy. You're a data guy, right? So we, we have to look at uh, all the data here before we can give a, a, a score for the answer. If I were to ask Buckeye where you would score on the sanity scale, will she put you north of 50 or south of 50? And so the, the higher is the more insane? Higher is more sane. Oh, she's yeah. going to put me more towards the probably the in. Oh, well, again, this is all relative. Like what's sane and what's not. Some of, yeah, she's going to put me a little more on the insane side. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll be the judge of that. Let's see. Yeah. Question number one, when you're out there on the trail and you're hiking with somebody, what are the top three topics of conversation for you? What do you, what do you like to spend your time talking about out there? Well, I'm thinking this is probably pretty universal, but food comes up a whole lot. 
that's that's majority of the conversation. I've been oh man, we're gonna go with we're gonna go with man. man you're digging deep. You must spend a lot of time talking about food. It's so true. There's some small talk, but I'm gonna say something like state of foot feet foot care. Okay, spend some time talking about that, uh-huh. and then I'm gonna go with what were there's a lot of digesting what just last trail town what was that all about what'd you like what'd you do and then what are you looking forward to in the next town so maybe just okay. i don't know how i would summarize that looking uh, back looking forward yeah and most of it's again about food <laughs> what are we gonna get at the next town yeah what are you looking forward to resupply got it all right question number two what is the best trail name you've encountered out there oh man Dude, I, we've encountered a lot, and I think a f- funny one, maybe, a uh, guy we hiked with a bit, his name was Balls. Balls, yeah. Yeah, his last name was Cahoney, so that's- Oh, uh, that just fit. That's, yeah, that, no, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Question number three, toilet paper, bidet, leaves, or snow? This last trip I just got back on Tuesday, I actually brought my leftover packet of wipes from the trail. So it doesn't fit into those. Normally, I'm a toilet paper guy and put it in my little Ziploc, but I used some wipes and I liked it. So I might just carry my like little packet of wipes. I know that's like high maintenance. That's going to factor into your score. Let me tell you, Swift. All right. (laughs) Wipes. You're lucky that's not your trail name. (laughs) Maybe it will become my new one. All right. Question number four, breakfast in camp on trail or no breakfast? Oh, there, there's a lot of breakfast. I like to eat on the go, honestly. All right. So you are breaking camp and eating as you're hiking. Yeah. Yeah. It depends. Again, I got a four-year-old now. So like I just went out for an overnighter with her up at uh, Pinecrest Lake area and we took our sweet little time, but most of the time I like to eat on the go. Yeah. Okay. Question number five, solo hiking or tramley? Wow. See, this is all so context dependent here. I, you get to pick the context. I wouldn't even know. I like company. You seem like it. You seem like a a gregarious guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take that. All right. I, I just finished with 16 days all by myself with my own thoughts going a little wild at times. There's, I think it depends on what you need, but in general, having company. Yeah. Corollary question has no impact on your score. This is just a okay. follow-up question because I'm curious. Do you ever run out of things to think? No. No? No. I was just looking at some of my scribbled notes that I had voiced through at a couple moments on the, I just thought I got in this place of just, whoa, like I just, I curiosity, I went down this whole rabbit hole of just, you're so vulnerable. It's so raw, all these emotions and feelings. And, and so I'm sure there's times when I'm just like flowing and just not stuff isn't coming up as fast, but you're always, I feel like you're always a bit engaged and yeah, pondering something. Do you ever get stuck in a cycle of the same song going through your head or same thought thought process going through your head yeah and it's I, every adventure i've done is a little bit different and so i think it depends on where you're at and what your what your vitality's like and your your sleep how much sleep you've got i think that can really factor into just my resilience and whether or not i'm like reinforcing the like the mantra or whether or not i'm like keep going to uh, 
worried about something or not having something or like forgetting something or, but no, in general, try to like, try to think, keep things fairly light and yeah, positive. Okay. You seem very positive. Question, question number six on the, the seven question poll, rank the following when you're hiking okay. in terms of most preferable to least preferable, severe uphill, severe downhill, roadwalk. Oh, uphill all day long. Love it. Love it. Roadwalks last. Sorry, man. Downhill can be pretty painful. I've been finding myself coming off the this ride. I thought, oh man, dude, my legs are strong. 2,700 miles, 120,000 feet of gain. Like I'm feeling, but oh my goodness, I went my first little, I come back, I want to do a little, I'm like, all right, I need to mix these muscles up do a little rucking. I put some weights in a pack and get out there. And I don't, I don't even know. I only did 800 vert or something and down. And I feel my legs the next day. I was like, Oh my goodness. I just, I need to work on that. Eccentric. Is that the right word? Going downhill, man. That's a doozy. But yeah, we had a long road walk in 2010. I remember. And it was not fun. A lot of people showed up at uh, the softies down there with some shin splints. Yeah. They, you know, out of there was a lot of snow up there. Boy Scout mountain. And so we did this, I don't know, 25, 30 mile road walking. Swift, you make a lot of sense. I think you talk to your average layperson out there who maybe doesn't have a whole lot of experience and they'll say, oh, flat has got to be pretty good. Maybe even downhill is better, but I'm with you, man. I'd rather go uphill than severe oh, downhill or even oh, just long periods of just walking on a road. That's, that's pretty miserable. You're so much more present. For some reason, I feel like you don't have to like... I love one of my favorite things is like scrambling up in desolation, getting up on pyramid and doing the traverse across. It's, like, it's just so magical. You're constantly just there, there's no worries going on. You're so present. Like, where's my foot going next? And down you do the same thing, but oh man, like your ankles start to get a little wobbly and your your legs start to shake a little bit. <laughs> You're thinking, like, oh man, I don't want to catch myself off balance, man. If I go down from this, it's gonna hurt a little more. But yeah, and road, I don't know. Maybe there's some roads out there that are just magical to experience. My experience is. Yeah, yeah, nice. Now, I, I forgot to mention earlier on when you mentioned a couple of places there, we actually leave on Sunday to head up to Desolation Wilderness, do a little stretch on the Tahoe Rim Trail. We're going to be part of our, I recognize uh, some of the locations. Part of our itinerary is Aloha Lake and Dick's Pass. Yeah, I think there's still a good bit of snow up there. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. Yeah, yeah, Echo. You're going in at Echo? Yeah, yes. Yep. Yeah, sweet. No, it's, that's honestly, my wife and I have gone every summer for the last 14 summers. It's one of our favorite places, man. I just, it's really just the vastness. You feel so small. Oh, it's like I, you're I love on it. the moon. I, I can't you know, wait. Just, I can't wait. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. All right, last question. Question number seven. Okay. What's on your head? Ball cap, floppy hat, straw hat, sun hoodie, or no hat? Ball cap and a bandana. Ball cap and a bandana. Always rock a little bandana around the back. I mistakenly left, let me think, Lake Isabel. I hitch into Lake Isabel. We get a ride back in a poop truck. My wife and I are in a poop truck. This guy's telling us, oh, hitch. if you've hitched at all for a resupply, the people who pick you up are just the most just loving and quirky we're getting some stories thrown at us. Oftentimes they just need a five minute therapy session. They drop us off. I get out. I'm like, oh, my hair. I left my hat in the truck. 
I've got a photo of me. I fortunately had my bandana with me, but I had to, took two small sticks. I crossed them up with a little lashing in the center and then managed to, to lace up the corners. And I made myself a graduation cap that I had to rock from there to Kennedy Meadows South before I could buy myself a new hat. So that was a makeshift one, but I'd like to get into the sun hoodie deal. I haven't quite found a good sun shirt. My sun shirt's a little thick and hot, but I think I, I could go for the hoodie. But yeah, ball cap is my go-to. Nice. And I'm always on the lookout, Swift, for a trail name for the episode. I take the same principle of, of trail names, you know, something unusual, something funny that happens during the interview, and I'll, I'll use that as the title of the episode. And right now, a very strong candidate for the trail name of the episode is Poop Truck Hitch <laughs> with Justin Smith. Sounds great, dude. <laughs> Uh, my wife and I, to this day, we still bring it up. It was yeah. one of, I don't know how many hitches we took in 148 days. You're taking a few. Yeah. Uh, that one stood out. That uh, one stood out. Poop truck hitch is iconic. I, I don't know how any other hitch could compare. Yeah. All right. Hey, <laughs> stand by. I've got to do some math here, which is very difficult because I was an English teacher back in the day. Yeah. So I've got, to, I've got to use all 20 digits here. We've got to, we've got to do some math. I've got to carry the two. I'm going to divide by root five. Going to multiply that by pi, and I'm going to make a, a slight adjustment for the thickness of your merino wool base layer, and okay. I come up with a score of 57. 57. That's, okay. that's north of where you, where you thought you were going to be. Yeah, that is. Yeah. You might have scored perfectly, except for the whole wipes uh, answer. You, you, went off, sure. you went off track there and really came out of left field. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, before we get too far on the show, let's back up a little bit. Let's let's have you tell us about your background, where you grew up, and how you got involved in the outdoor adventure cult. You're pretty. You're a pretty well-rounded adventurer. Adventure racing, backpacking, through hiking, bike racing. You got a lot of different adventures under your belt. So how, how did that all evolve from you know, growing up? Um, I don't know. So I grew up on seven acres <laughs> up in Jackson. I grew up in the gold country running around. I was a swimmer, but I also played baseball and gym, tried some gymnastics. Wasn't very good at that, nor soccer, nor karate. And, but I was in scouts and I, I went on to get my Eagle Scout. And I think that definitely fostered a little bit of, of some of my interest and built skill building. I went to Sierra College. I swam, I played water polo there. I transferred to UC Santa Cruz. And I definitely know that's the first time I picked up a road bike. Uh, I had a mountain bike there. The trails here are just bananas. I did not have the cojones to shred the big stuff, but I was I was pretty hooked. And then I got into triathlon. I started racing triathlon. Triathlons too. Holy yeah, man. That, that was pretty consistent. 07, I went to Worlds in Germany and raced out there. And I met my wife in 2009 and we definitely started hiking a bit more. Like I said, 2010, we did PCT. And then the next year we were like itching for an adventure. We were both just nomadic living out of our cars, teaching outdoor ed. And I proposed to go to South America. I had gone to South America after, after Ian passed away. That was like, I was like, all right, I need an adventure. I watched the movie motorcycle diaries about Che Guevara. I spent four months traveling by buses down there and just do, taking in everything I could. And so I proposed to my wife I'm just South America. What do you think? And she's, that would be great. And so we was like looking and then we're like, what do you think about bringing bikes and bike touring? So we toured for six months and basically followed the spine of the Andes from 
Peru down into Bolivia, Ecuador, or Bolivia, Chile, Argentina, down to Tierra del Fuego. And that, that following the PCT was certainly another way to just like unplug and bond. And, and that sort of fostered our, then we both went and got our teaching credentials, taught middle school science together. And it was like, we built a tiny house on the TV show and that sort of afforded us the lifestyle to like living cheap and every summer we're going to have an adventure. And the year after we started the- Hang on, Brett, hang on. I, Brett, I just called you Brett because I, I think yeah, you, you remind me of Brett Graveling. Hang on, Swift. Uh, you you built a tiny home on the TV show. It was like the first season or maybe the second season. And, I, and I, that was all my wife's doing. She was, we were really wanting to have a yurt and have some land and have a little like a uh, place to just unplug and- um, I don't even remember. She saw an advertisement and sent it out. And we had started, started a little backpacking business after we were, we finished the PCT. I was coaching a swim team. And one of the families was like, have you ever considered taking kids out? I think you guys are teachers, right? And so we took a few kids we took 15 kids actually that first trip. And it was a lot, 15, 10 year olds. Wow. Uh, maybe nine year olds too. Anyway, that's, your that's score, your score just went down. Your, your score, oh, you're me. now in the forties. <laughs> Yeah. So we, we started that and I still run backpacking, backpacking programs for kids with Inspire Out. I'm getting ready to take off tomorrow. And it's been, I don't know, 12 summers of this. It's amazing. But needless to say, we were doing some hiking and we built our tiny house and that sort of started this, like every summer we're going to have an adventure. And so we were very consistent. And one summer we went to Norway and kayak through the fjords for five weeks. And one summer we go to the Himalaya and do some trekking there. And one summer we got back on the bikes and rode from uh, Seattle up to Anchorage on the Alcan. And the next summer we, I don't even know, went to Thailand one summer and went to, so yeah, we try to just keep putting things together that we thought would be fun. Really. It's, I think it comes down to having fun. What brings you joy? What challenges you physically, mentally, emotionally? And I've just tried to continue that. And for my wife, it's been a little more challenging having a kid and really as a mom, finding your identity as she's done, she did quite a some a lot of ultra running and a ton of hiking and a ton of adventuring with me and now she's really finding her her niche in her community of moms that she can do that with because we don't get to go out together and that's really the challenge so we're excited we're celebrating 10 years in september labor day weekend and we're going to go up and i think go over the backside of curse arch pass into bullfrog lakes and that was one of her favorite spots on the pct so i'm actually really looking forward to that because we haven't had a three-day trip i don't think since our daughter's been born. Nice. Congratulations. That's, that is awesome. And the fact that you're going up over Kearsarge to celebrate is also very impressive. Yeah, no, it's Sierra. We're pretty spoiled here. (laughs) It's a wonderland of adventure locales for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so you mentioned teaching, are you still doing the teaching gig? Yeah. So I, so we were in the tiny house up until COVID Mm -hmm. really COVID happened right at the time. My mother-in-law, so my daughter's eight months old, her first birthday, her birthday's on St. Patrick's day. So 2020 
was right when her first birthday. We're like, oh, we just need to postpone the party for a couple of weeks. There's something going on. And you know what happened after that. But right around that time, she was like eight or nine months old. She started climbing our loft ladder and we sent grandma a video. We're like, hey, grandma, look at little Meru. And sure enough, she's, that's not cool. We're like, oh yeah, that's probably unsafe. And so she helped us get a place in Santa Cruz. So she basically proposed the idea. I'd love for you guys to be closer. She lives in Las Gatos and we were happy to come back here. My sister's here, like I said, Brett's here, plenty of trails to get inspired by. And so we've been here since COVID. And this last year, we decided to build out a sprinter van. We decided to just take off for a little bit. We rented out our house. I took the year off of teaching. I was turning 40. I'm figuring out what I want to do. And so here I am coming back. We just have been back a couple months now. And I'm deciding whether or not I'm going to go back in the classroom or whether or not I want to orient in a new direction. But yeah, I'm doing some big soul searching here. You take care of you. Do what you have to do. But any interaction with you and kids, the kids are better off. I, I, I can already tell. I mean, what a lasting that's impression you, you, you yeah. would leave on them. But oh, awesome. uh, first and foremost, take care of, of you and your family. Did you mention your daughter's name is Meru? Yeah. M-E-R-U? Yeah. The, uh, the Mountain Peak? That is correct. Wow, yeah. nice. Did you, and I, I assume you've seen the documentary. Oh, much, yeah. Yeah. Yes. My wife's a huge Jimmy Chin fan. Oh, she's a, how, she's how, a how can you not be? Oh, everybody is. But she is my, that's my wife's passion. She loves making short clips and films and social media. She right now is huge. Uh, her Instagram is smiling soil. And if you're, if you love some entertainment and you love growing food, gardening, permaculture, that's the direction she's gone. And so that was part of our mission. We went out, we were looking to like interview farmers. And so she creates stories. She's really into storytelling very much like Jimmy. And we saw that documentary and right when John, Krakauer comes on and he's Meru, it's the nexus of heaven and hell and the headwaters. And my wife was pregnant. She's, I think I want to name our kid that. We were surprised. And sure enough, we had a girl and I was like, yeah, this is fitting. And, and my daughter embodies just about every aspect of the big bulge just and all the intricacies that come with the magic of being in the mountains uh, unfold every day as a parent. So it's, it's, yeah, it's been a fun ride. Jeff Garmeyer and I talked about the power of naming our kids and naming them with aspirational type names. And he talks about that he wished his parents had named him Napper. That's awesome. <laughs> so he could live up to that name. <laughs> but all right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into some more detailed information on some of your adventures. We're going to hear from the advertisers. We're going to pay some bills and stay tuned. We'll be right back. Good. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water. Using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. (laughs) 
Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. This episode is sponsored by Jolly Gear. Are you tired of compromising between the ventilation of a button-down and the full protection of a sun hoodie? With the Triple Crown button-down, you can have the best of both. Plus, their fun standout patterns will have you the talk of the trail. Visit them at jollygear.com. Thru-hiker owned, Jolly Gear, where fun meets functional. And welcome back. We are talking to Justin Smith, a.k.a. Swift, and just heard, we, we covered a lot of ground in that first segment. Uh, we were all over the world, all over the topics, uh, a lot of fun, but I really want to talk about uh, some of, get into the details of some of your adventures. I don't know if you want to start with 2010 or if you want to start with what you just finished two weeks ago. You tell me and we'll go that direction. Wow, you're the pro, man. I guess I'd start with 2010. That kind of sets you up, right? I think life's this progression and this journey and we're always looking forward and just flowing with whatever comes and i think that was definitely a, a big bold adventure to start with and i'm pretty happy to to have pulled it off and to do you mentioned earlier to, to have done it when we did before the book and the movie and the the modern yeah the modern app i think people are using an app i've seen some people use an app i'm, I'm a little bit more of a dinosaur man i, I like i like paper nice compass, but now, you mentioned a little bit about the inspiration, so we got that piece. But when you two made the decision, how much backpacking experience did you have before setting off to start the PCT? Dude, I'll give you a little more of this decision. It's wild. It's pretty bonkers. So my wife, my wife did Knowles. She did a semester. She graduated from Berkeley, did a semester in Knowles. So she has some great hard skills. She's the awesome navigator. She's super tough. I think our first date, actually, we were headed to a camp. We were teaching an outdoor school that where we ping ponged around to camp. So we just happened to be at the same camp a couple of times. And so we were traveling from Santa Cruz to, to Yosemite area. And I said, oh, let's go into Yosemite for the day. And we hiked up Yosemite Falls one day, came, we like slept in our tent outside the park in the in the trees and then went back the next day and went up like up towards half dome and she like no didn't complain just like full and i was like this is cool i like somebody who can keep pace and just enjoy themselves and so we set off to do uh, dude we did i don't know 50 60 miles in desolation on that trip it was like eight or nine day trip it wasn't just like in for a night or two and as i said we're coming over dick's pass we get to the trailhead and she and my wife dude she after doing Knowles, she's wearing this 80 liter Osprey. None of her gear was ultralight. And I was leaning more towards the ultralight side, but we pick up this guy. He's like, Hey man, you guys going down to South Lake? I need a ride. And we're like, yeah, sure. Hop in. He introduces himself. His name's Freebie. And Freebie starts telling us about the trail. And oh yeah, man, I did a, I did a 40 one day. We're like, dude, you've done a 40 mile day. That's bonkers. We start asking him all these questions. Lo and behold, we told the line the next year. I think we started the day before. My wife remembers all the details, all the mile markers. She's just got a photographic. But anyway, her birthday's on the 23rd of April. We started somewhere around there. 
we get up to uh, Timberline Lodge, sleep in the parking lot as most people do, get up and mow down that massive buffet that was just lights out, amazing. And we're hiking in kind of an overcast, gloomy day with some rain. And sure enough, we're coming around Mount Hood. And who do we see but Freebie on a day hike? And he's like, you guys are really hiking the trail. We're like, Freebie, oh my goodness. We had a little bit, we had a good amount of experience. But as you figure it out as you go, you roll with the punches. And I mailed back my Thermarest, I think, from Warner Springs, if I'm not mistaken. And and then proceeded to get a foamy, like a little Z-Rest out of the free bin and my gear was just evolving and it still is i've come a long ways with what i'm comfortable and can tolerate but but test the limits especially when you end up with snow like that we went in on the 10th of june maybe which is pretty early our resupply did not show up at kennedy meadow south we had this we had crampons ice axe bear can we had all the stuff there and none of it showed i think i just mailed it too slow or my dad mailed it too slow i can't remember so we resupplied with a lot of food and a couple people flip-flopped and loaned us a bear canister that we left in echo uh, for them to pick up and you figure it out you just figure it out as you go but we've come a long way since then and my wife wants to do the pct again tomorrow she is ready she loved it i'm ready for something different but i I of course would do it with her it's amazing bucket bucky buckeye sounds very impressive hard nose ready to get after it uh has it all dialed in Yeah, she's pretty tough. She honestly, with that snow, we had a pretty hard conversation. A lot of people were like, we're going to go north. I said, these stream crossings can be pretty tough. I'm not really sure what to think of it. We're not, we're not super equipped. We've got some cold weather stuff. When you wake up and your shoelaces are frozen like antennas and you're, everything's cold and wet and you just got to keep moving, but it's cool to have completed it how we did and be continuous. And we met amazing people out there. We still keep in contact with, and I think it for sure solidified just the how amazing humankind is the people who are the trail angels that that just the, like the spirit and the culture of that really is just so magical uh, yeah. so yeah that's definitely planted the seed to like wow there's a lot there's a lot of things that we look at but at the in face take for face value but like really the connection that happens when you're vulnerable and exposed, whether it's on a bike, whether it's summiting a peak or whatever, however you get outside, it's really, we grow on the edge of discomfort. So we, we put, we purposely put ourselves in these situations where we're, we're wanting to see what we're made of. And sometimes it's scary when you actually get there. And this is coming from this last test that I just endured. When we actually get there and we arrive at this place where we're like, whoa, this is really something like, whoa. And then you move past it and you're like i'm i'm a changed person i'm better for that like the the needle has actually moved and i think that's what we're all aspiring for when we wake up every day we want to go to bed and know that we've just left it all out there and look at myself in the mirror and say yeah i I gave it everything i had today yeah that's where i'm at you are fresh off of it because i can still hear it in your voice man you're you're living it right now 
No, I think it's always there a little bit, Doc. I do. I want it to be at least. And yeah, it's three months or three weeks, I guess it's been, maybe a month, but it's still pretty raw. I think back, so I just was telling, I'm a, I'm officially what's called the triple crowner in the bike packing world, which is the Arizona Trail Race, the Colorado Trail Race, and the Tour Divide. And the Tour Divide had piqued my interest for a long time. And of course, you you watch some videos about it every year. Oh, it's happening. Guys are going to get out there and girls too. And this is going to be awesome. And I, I'm not like a huge dot watcher. I follow it a little bit. But I did a, a race from Mendocino. <laughs> dot, from dot watching. I, yes, I just got what you said there. Dot watching. Yeah, the dot watching. Yeah. We follow the track leaders. That's right. That's right. I did a ride from, it's called the Trans NorCal. It's 400 miles from Reno to Mendocino. It's a pretty smooth route there is some pavement out there going across the valley but this guy put together a pretty pretty fun route so i've done it a couple times and the second time i did it with a guy arthur and he has done the tour divided it took him three times to finish it and i was like if arthur can do it i can probably do it no offense arthur (laughs) arthur's listening right now buddy no (laughs) he, he got me through this year man he's the guy who got me through i borrowed his front bag And he coached me quite a bit on just like, all right, man, like this is going to be a rough section. You're going to want to like show up as best you can. But needless to say, that was like, yeah, you know what? I think I want to have a go. And then I was turning 40 last September. I talked to my wife. I was like, like, we're in this transition phase. I'm not really sure like where we're at. And like my daughter's four, it's actually a good time. She did. She doesn't have, she's not on a swim team all summer and we're not. So what if I carved out a little window? What do you think? And my wife was like, if you really want to do it, you go for it. You know, I'm honored that I got the opportunity to get up there because it is a lot. But now, Justin, is the Tour Divide, does that also go Mexico to Canada? Yeah, it's the same. It's it's on the Great Divide Mountain right. route. That's right. There is maybe a few, the, the route sort of changes depends. This year, I think it was a full run on the full route because there were no fires. There were no reroutes, detours, and it's very much an underground r- race ride, right? It's the granddaddy of, of the bike packing scene. It's the Super Bowl race, but there, there's no prize money. There's no entry fee. There's no race director. It's very much just a, like the website I think was last updated like early 2000s and you just figure it out. There's a lot of banter on Facebook and bikepacking.net and bikepacking gained a lot of popularity as people like me who come from I love getting outside and feeling myself with just the stuff on my back but now I can go a little further and a little faster and explore a different type of terrain so yeah the bikepacking scene is growing and there's more and more of these sort of events popping up they're all very similar there's sometimes you make a donation the stagecoach 400 for example the first couple times I did that it's make a donation to the local school arts program and you get this little file and you show up with a bunch of people and I, I finished my wife and I three weeks after we got married we did Ironman Lake Tahoe we, it would just worked out that was our little honeymoon it, it happened we chose our wedding date after we had signed Wait, up and you, I, you I really always, you really know how to spoil a girl yeah I'd always <laughs> wanted to do an Ironman it was something on my bucket list and then you finish it and and then surprisingly I qualified to go to Kona I'm like oh my goodness I just I thought this was the icing on the cake and now I gotta now I gotta train again for a whole nother year and go do another one of these things but there's so much and not to devalue at all the triathlon scene it's amazing it's an amazing group of people who are so passionate about their sport and but it was a time when I didn't have money I wasn't paying a coach I wasn't buying the latest carbon wheels I was just just going out there to have fun and really push myself. And I started with the Olympic distance and that progressed to the half and that progressed to the Ironman. And then I go to my first bike packing event, the Stagecoach 400. 
And I finished in 54 hours later, I show up and I had slept, I think I slept three and a half. I think I did a two hour sleep first and a 90 minute sleep second. And I roll into town at two 30 in the morning. I tip my bike up. There's nobody there. <laughs> I just fell asleep right there on the ground. You know, I'm just like spent. And I woke up and I was like, that's like the hardest thing I've ever done. I was proper sideways. There was, you know, a couple guys in the middle of the night that helped me get through this long hike a bike section. And thank goodness they were there. I might've just passed out on the trail and slept for six hours, but I certainly saw the edges of what I could, what I was comfortable with. And I thought, wow, that was awesome. Like I want to do another one of these. And that's, you know, that's led to where I am now, which is there doesn't have to be like, it's just going out there for the experience. And what comes as a result of that is it's all personal. And that, that, that is really, that is really worth more than I've got a box of the all kinds of little doodads and trinkets and awards and stuff. And they're cool. I'd be look at them occasionally and be like, I remember that event. I remember that. But these events, and again, it's more than that. It's the people you meet and the connections that you make, honestly, that's really, that keep you going back out there. Yeah. I don't have a good golf game, but every once in a while I could hit a ball straight. That's oh, the one that's, that's the one that keeps you going back bit. out. That's and right. That's, that's, that was, that made it worth it. Yeah. Swift, we covered a lot of ground right there. We started off talking about the PCT. And and then we we ended up on the great divide and then it was Iron Man stuff. And, and we finished with golf. We are, we also, you're getting a window, you're getting a window. (laughs) See, this is why you asked me, do I ever stop thinking about stuff? I'm like, man, I think sometimes I'm just going a million miles an hour, but we also stumbled across another potential episode name proper sideways. Yeah. I've been there, dude. (laughs) In preparation for Tour Divide, you want another little snippet here. Yeah, these adventure races you mentioned, right? What 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 are called also an expedition race. They're a multi-discipline, multi-day, typically around the 100-hour mark. You're looking usually at paddling, biking, a lot of trekking, mostly involving orienteering. So a lot of map decision-making skills with a team of four. I get asked to go out to the Ozarks for a, a Canadian team, lost a teammate right before. So this is in April. This is beginning of April. Hey, a buddy of mine, call, somebody calls my buddy Roy. He races on this, ra- this team called Team Bones. He's done 50 of these expeditions. He's world-class and I met him going to Ego Challenge. Anyways, I go out to the Ozarks with this Canadian team. And the last night, I can't even tell you, I literally was like sleep insane. And I thought I was in a documentary. And like, I I mean, I've thought I've been like a little silly willy before, just like long days, hot, but you've been hiking all day, you're getting ready for dinner. And you start to have these, do I sit and eat? Do I hike a little more? Do I, what do I do? You, you start to just lose your mental ability to make a decision. This was way beyond that. So yeah, proper sideways is the real deal. I've been there is, I don't know. Oh, you know, again, this is, these are what we do adventures for is to just like, to feel, to really just feel everything that we can feel, the whole range of emotions. And that was like, that was a new one for me. All I, right. Uh, so got to be on. So proper sideways, I've got a proper question for you. One is I mean, how many people do you think have actually crossed the country on foot, Mexico to Canada, as well as on bike? That cannot be a big number. 
that should be, I'm, I'm always just inspired by what people are out there doing. It blows me away. Like you think, not that I really have to think that what I'm doing is hard or tough or want somebody to be like, wow, you actually did that. But I would say there's probably more than I would imagine. I don't know, man. People are doing really cool stuff out there. And it's really, that's why I'm honored to be here and share my story and hope that somebody else says, wow, you know what? If if that goofy guy from Santa Cruz can get out there and do something like that, then maybe I can do something like that. Um, I don't know. The trips that we've, my wife and I have put together, we've been really intentional and try and deliberate and just say like, all right, what is it that we want to try and get out of this experience? Our paddling trip through Norway one summer, it, it's magical there. They've got, they've got this every man's law where you can pretty much stay on every, any person's beach, dock, whatever. That's right. Um, you know, as yeah. long as you're not invading there, leave no trace. And you're, I think if you're common sense, tell you just a good human but and so we're out there just seeing the the fjords and all of their beauty and it was partly because my wife had knee pain knee issues was doing a lot of running and had to have a little knee surgery and we're like geez what would be a good adventure that that would like maybe not be so hard on your knees let's just let's just go paddle for a bit and it was cool i think we learned a whole lot and now a lot of the paddling that we do on these trips i don't do a whole lot of a lot of paddling and yeah when i do sadly the last time i borrowed a boat and went out i was wearing a thing with a pocket on my back and I had my cell phone in there. It was like a little cycling jersey and I sit in the boat and bloop out pops my phone in the harbor of Santa Cruz. I'm like, oh, there goes my cell phone. Sadly, those things happen. <laughs> That's why hiking just is simple. Yeah. You got some shoes in it. Justin, I think you're a little bit uh, too humble here. I, I really, you're the first person I've talked to or even heard of who has not only walked across the country, but biked across the country. All that's left is to, you're working your way east. You go to the Atlantic and start in Key, Key West and swim up the from Key West up to the Canadian border and you'll have done it all. Yeah, I, I do love swimming, but I <laughs> that's a ways pass on that. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I hear that there are a lot more sharks off of the coast these days for some reason. There was a little, it was made national news. There was a sea otter here at Steamers Lane. Yes, that was, I've heard about this. Yes. Hijacking all these guys, surf guys and girls surfboards. So, mm -hmm. There's a lot of jokes here in town. Why didn't somebody just get the thing its own surfboard? Everybody wants to shoo this sea, sea otter away. But yeah, it's it's a great place to be. I love being in Santa Cruz. Mm -hmm. get to get it out as much as I can. And Now, more or less training for the Tour Divide than the PCT? My wife and I joke about some of the training that we did. We put on some weighted packs and did some hill repeats. And then we'd go to all you could eat Chinese buffet for just three hours, just stuff our faces. And we're like, we actually only hiked for three hours. And we did not do a whole lot of training. You definitely settle in as you start. You start slow. We moved, I don't know, 148 days. We took a lot of zeros. We did... Uh, that year it rained. I think it took us 20 days to get across Washington and probably 18 of those it rained. It was like, it, it, we saw more people hiking in Washington than any other state. We saw all these people were like, dude, go to your house and sit on your couch and drink some cocoa around a fire. What are you doing out here? You got to really want to get to that border, but we didn't do a whole ton of training. We moved fairly quickly through Oregon once you're moving 30 mile days, but we did a 40 just to say we did one, but I put in a good bit of preparation for tour divide so much of it. I feel like there's a couple elements of what it takes to get outside and have that edge, that, that grit. One of them is just being really dialed with your systems, your gear. What are you going to pack? What do you got? What do you need? What do you need to be prepared for? That gives you the confidence to like, all right, like I'm, I really feel like I've got 
this part of that the trip dialed. The other is like the training, the prep. Okay, like I put in all these miles. I've done this really hard, specific workout that's going to be just right. I like I did a long hike a bike because a lot of people go down with shin splints from hiking and they haven't done any hike a bike. And then the third element of that triangle for me is like just the edge, the grit, the mental like, all right, I've endured really hard stuff before. Like I can do that. And so I put in there's a rule of thumb. If you can put in the amount of miles of the trail before the race. So you start on January 1st. If you can get 2,700 miles in, then you like, all right, I, in five months, I rode 2,700 miles and now I'm about to go at it in whatever three weeks or however long you think it's going to take you. And I put in about 3,500 miles. I did not do many. I didn't do a single overnight ride to do a shakedown. I didn't do many. Honestly, like I got up a lot early and rode before my daughter got up at 4 a.m. I'd go out for four or five hours, but a lot of those were just commuting miles, but they were all loaded. I, I did do a lot of loaded stuff. And that's something with to hiking, I realized too, it's you can go do a lot of hiking, but if you don't put a pack on and actually accustom your body to like feeling what it feels like with, all right, this is how it's going to feel on me. And this is how my bike's going to feel. So yeah, many more hours leading up to this than PCT. Now, another question, and I'm just intrigued by these two experiences you've had. I want to draw some more comparisons. So 148 days, 2,650 miles with your life partner, high snow year, uh, a lot of rain in Washington that year. Tougher or more daunting than 16 days by yourself across the middle of the U.S. on a bike? I had planned for 18 days, to be fair. And I, you're going to ride with some people at some point. But they are two, we are comparing kind of apples and oranges here. Yeah. Hiking, I had a toe injury before that from my, from doing some triathlon stuff. I was a little concerned, worried about that. And I just didn't have that many like long experiences to know how my body was going to deal with just but it becomes your lifestyle and you get excited about what's coming up. And there's plenty of, we met amazing people and had lots of long stretches with a lot of really good folks. So physically, physically hiking, hiking is really hard on the body. It is like my legs were so thin, like my arms were quite weak. I did use poles, but I just felt pretty, even though you're fit and you've like moving all day, you're like also you're tuned for one thing and the same with this though i got done and i was just spent like just picking up my bike was like my shoulders were sore there's a lot of chunk new mexico is a hard state on a bike i Um, I was not even i wasn't even approaching this necessarily from a physical standpoint i was actually approaching it from a mental standpoint because i think so much of of these activities where you push the edge you're looking for the limit there is such a mental component to it mm -hmm. And the fact that you got to hike, I know it was long, I know it was hard, I know there are some big challenges, but you were with Buckeye. You had a partner in crime that whole time. The the trail divide, yeah, I mean, you, definitely the tour divide, days. you were on your own. Yeah, yeah. And I think the physical obviously leads to the mental, right? How the body's feeling yeah. like can totally. definitely drive where the mindset is going. But no, this was without question the hardest I got to a place I hadn't got to before. And I did the Arizona trail and that's a feat. That's hard. That that took me just over eight days and 
I, you hike across the Grand Canyon with your bike on your back. And that's like that. And I pushed to the edge. I definitely was flirting with the sleep. Just really, yeah, just the, I was toast. And I thought to myself, wait a second, I finished that in eight days and I'm going to go 10 more days. Like, how am I? ever going to do this but we find a way you know and suffering is it's like that and suffering is a term that is it's used in different arenas but when you like the pain management was so real for this like i was in there was some real painful moments and i i yeah you just got to remember that it's not going to last forever and same with the high you get to the top of a mountain pass you're like this is this is unreal. And then, and then you quickly realize, well, like I've got myself in a situation where, I don't know, storm's coming in or, well, I got to focus on something else. Yeah. I I love talking about these experiences, but we, we, I would be remiss if I did not revisit the eco challenge, 2019, you and Brett on team curl. And for those listeners who have not checked out uh, the Eco Challenge, the world's toughest race on Amazon Prime, you can tune in. It's an, it's a series. It ten is, episodes, Doc. It, okay. It's a lot of <laughs> ten episodes. It is edge of your seat stuff. I, I was I couldn't leave. I had I binged it. It was just incredible. Wow. Good on you. Yeah, and one of the most heartbreaking storylines I've ever seen. I talked to Brett about this, about how you could, you guys could be so close and just have it snatched out from you like that. Again, it's a reminder. It's a reminder that and in that moment, you do lose. I think we constantly zoom out and zoom in and zoom out and zoom in and zoom out. And that was something that I was really challenged with on this ride is, is just being reminded, like, this is what I'm focusing on is the, the very next piece in front of me. I'm not thinking 200 miles down the road. I'm thinking just what's right in front of me. But in that case, we were certainly, you're just buzzing. You're like, you've been out there for 10 days. You're pretty sleep deprived. You're hungry. As a team, we, we were finally starting to find our stride. And here we are. We're 5Ks from the last paddle. <laughs> You're there. You think you're there. You're done. Lenny, he's a good dude, man. We're still close. He just moved up here to Santa Cruz. And that's Stephen Lenhart. He's the guy who crashed. And he, he, I think with something that still comes up periodically, and we're just reminded that, man, I'm happy. I'm happy it wasn't worse. Yeah. In that moment, you don't know the extent of what took place. You got a team doc that shows up that kind of gives you the, this is what I think is going on. I think you should get some, I definitely think you should get professional opinions and get an x-ray and the river that we were going to start paddling on it was actually two paddles so it wasn't a paddle it was a a stand-up paddle to a beach and then you got in the outriggers and he was our strongest paddle for sure and his hands were hamburger meat yeah but the risk of infection was also pretty high going into that situation all of these things were brought to our attention and we as a team had to make a decision and it was tough we were a little divided on it we were both like you're invested in this idea of what you want there to you know what you want or what you would hope the outcome would be and so yeah the disappointment is real and the sadness and again those are all part of the feelings that come with with doing what we do getting outside and being you know trying to be trying to be our our best and we look back and would we have made a different decision knowing what we know now or yeah who knows but in that moment we made that decision and 
I'm proud of what we did. And it certainly fostered the adventure racing community is amazing. I've since done several expedition races and got to know a whole bunch more people and know, learn a whole bunch more. It certainly has, has improved my skills on the navigation side, on the just, yeah, logistics, gear, like the mental space. And no, fortunately, we're all still friends and we all we all still get outside together. Hey, when is season two come? I've been waiting for, for the second season you of know, World's Toughest were, Race. Let's go. Hosted, they were hoping to do one down in Patagonia. We were fired up. I don't know. Sadly, I guess it was a one and done. So maybe you got some power here and you can get out there and and push for another one. There's not adventure racing's not huge on the West Coast. There's a few more races on the East Coast and internationally, these top level teams are just unreal. Like unreal. They show up, they're so fast, they're so fit. They make really good decisions on nav and they're they're dialed. And we we are still it the sport's really evolving and it's it's a cool it's a cool experience yeah sadly to say i did not even know it existed until i tuned into the amazon prime series so it was it was it's amazing i I was captivated yeah it's if you like getting outside it's cool you get to go to places you wouldn't normally likely take yourself and then you end up there and you're like geez there's a boat waiting for me and now i'm going to paddle down this river that's cool and then you get to the end and there's my bike waiting for me and so yeah kudos to all the race directors and people who are keeping this sport keeping this sport going and putting on cool adventures for people to go be a part of nice now justin let's take a few minutes and tell us about inspire out Yes. My wife and I, as I said, we were both passionate about getting outside ourselves and what's more fun than sharing that with others. And we started by taking a group of kids and it rained. It was miserable. That first trip was thunderstorms came in. These poor kids are in their tent. They're just like, it's so cold. I thought, dude, these kids are never, we're never going to be able to do this again. And all they did was they went home and they told their parents, I want to do that again. And now these kids like, They are now in college and graduated from college, actually several of them, and they come back and they help me lead programs. And it's just, uh, it gives me goosebumps, warms my heart. So yeah, we just, we really want to get kids outside, get them away from their phones, give them the opportunity to to test their limits and to be uncomfortable. And we kind of being outside levels the playing field. And we just, we've done a really good job. We don't market or it's just our fun side hustle. I'm curious whether or not I can do it on a little more full-time basis. I'd love to. It's what I love doing. It's when I really feel like I come alive, like all the, f- the stuff comes online for me. And we do a lot of team building, a lot of just unpacking the experience, what it looks like, what it feels like, a lot of just fostering community and connection. And uh, obviously there's a lot of hard skills that are packed in there, just how to, all the leave no trace principles, everything from, yeah, campsite selection to bringing out some maps to doing some first aid to, yeah, having fun, unstructured play, like climbing on rocks, doing things that kids don't normally get to do is it's pretty awesome. So that's the power of nature, right? You go out there and it's, you think you're, it's just a, people are having a miserable time and they get back and they, they can't wait to go out there and do it again. And that's why I love that you're doing this because we all get to relive it. And when you relive it that second time, there's a reason it's called type two. That's right. Wow. Like I actually did something that was, that was harder than I thought it was going to be or different or, and now, now I can't ever go back to who I was before that. Now we have some parents listening. So tell them if if they're interested in getting their kids paired up with uh, Buckeye and Swift on some inspire out adventures, how, how do they find out about this? Thanks. Yeah, my wife does. As I mentioned, she's the social media, but yeah, we have a little presence on Facebook, but inspireout.org is our is our website. Yeah, inspireout, inspiring 
kids to get outside. And that's, it's, it's really as simple as that. Most of our programs are in the summer. We've considered doing a winter trip here or there and always tried to hold the space for that. And I, I think we're getting closer. Winter is an interesting time. Everybody's off doing stuff and traveling with families. And usually it's that, that winter break window, but yeah, the summers are beautiful and geez, right now it's just, it's great to escape the heat and head up to the mountains. Nice. All right. Hey, Swift, you know where we are right now? It's time for some from some wisdom. Look at you. Yes. Hiking hacks. You're like a pro here. That's right. It's time for hiking hacks where you get to share some trail wisdom with our listeners for to make their next outdoor experience even better. What do you have for us? Oh man, wisdom. That's a big one. Like I'm only 40 here. I'm just trying to find my way and navigate. Just, just through, a young uh, pup. Something I I think I like, I really try and hone in on, especially with my wife is as we create our expectations and we are trying to front load, visualize what we want to, to occur in this experience. And maybe we don't go that far. Maybe we're just like, we're going out on an adventure, but hopefully you put some time into the preparation. Um, and that preparation involves, as I was talking about going through all your gear and stuff, but really preparing for the worst and hoping for the best. And honestly, as we get out there and have these experiences, knowing we, we can't, I think we would just, knowing there's going to be an adversity and giving yourself the the grace and the kindness to, to know that like, it's something's going to happen inside of you. And you're going to go from level one to the 10th floor of that building where you're just, you've, you've gone in maybe to the panic phase already. You're just, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm like, something's going on here. I'm not sure how to respond, but giving yourself the grace to know that that's part of the experience and giving yourself the, 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 the time to really process that in the moment. I think for me, that was my biggest takeaway from the tour was as these, these feelings came up and I'm trying to process what's going on. Like, why am I, what's happening here? And taking the time, sometimes I just stop the bike, sit down, have a think, have a drink, have a snack, have a photo. Honestly, a photo is, it just takes you to a place where you're like, I'm going to orient to something else for a second. So I would just challenge everybody as much as I love to go hard and to really just push the gas on something and really just get in the flow. I love to try and just take, we, I think we all want to find that flow state as fast as we can and stay there as long as we can. Know that part of that is stepping back and assessing what's occurring, what's taking place, letting yourself process that in maybe in real time, and then being able to go forward. I think sometimes I've had a tendency to just put it away. Yeah, that's okay. We'll get to that later. We'll process that a little bit later on where, and that works for a lot of people too. You got to know what you need. But for me, that was something that, that was real and raw and visceral and made this last expedition that much more rewarding, honestly. So yeah, I think I'm going to seek more of that and I challenge listeners to, to do the same, whether it's just a short adventure or a long one. I think we can all slow down for a moment. Nice. Justin, one of, one of the best hiking hacks I've heard. So nice job. Congratulations. Uh, that's kind of living life, man. I appreciate it. All right. So there you have it. We're just about done here. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Swift. want to thank you for joining us this week. 
Justin, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? As I mentioned, Inspire Out, I'm not that great as blogging. My wife makes some posts. She made some posts for me. I think she started an Instagram account, Inspire Out. I can confirm that. Yes, she did. She did. That's how I say she actually got back to me and said, hey, this isn't Justin. This is Justin's wife, but he'd be happy to talk to you. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, there you go. Maybe I'll figure that out and I'll try and post some stuff. I just, you know, I like, and I hate to say it, like sometimes I'm just, I'm busy. Like, yeah, like it. I need to like orient a little bit of attention to that because I know that it's the current day and age where everybody's and getting ideas and getting inspired too. So I respect that. So yeah, that's probably the easiest way. Inspire out is where I, you know, drop some stuff. Got it. Remember to check out Hiker Trash Radio on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, if you can believe all that. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at hikertrashradio at gmail.com. Off the beaten path. Now, Justin, unfortunately, we can't always be on the trail. And when we're not, we need to find a way to get our adventure fixed. So, Swift, I'm going to ask you to share some outdoor adventure media with our listeners to help them get by. This could be a book, a movie, documentary. I know we already talked about Meru. Uh, we, we call this segment Off the Beaten Path. What do you, any, Anything else besides Meru? Meru is, is, a, is huge. I, I would uh, be happy if, if that was it. But if you've got something else, please share. Oh, man. I was such a fan of Krakauer's writing, and to see him in that, all of his stories are really well done. And all of Jimmy Chin's work is amazing. Free Solo is certainly inspiring. And that that last one he did on the, the, the Thai soccer. This is tough. This is really tough. Like I said, I, I think we all seek inspiration from, from a lot of sources. But how about just listen to your podcast more? Okay. I'll take that one too. Very good. Yeah. You know, like you're filled with good ideas and great stories and a lot of inspiration to... Yeah, and you threw out crack hour. I, I would say into thin air, terrifying. I, I was that was gripping. I, it was quite a read. Uh, you could tell how desperate it was. Really scary stuff. So if you haven't if you haven't read into thin air, check that one out as well. All right. What have we not asked you? And before we wrap things up, just one more segment called "What Have I Not Asked You That You're Dying to Tell Us About." What do we miss tonight? Oh boy, it's tough. I think we've touched on a lot of my interests getting outside. I, right now, one thing that my wife and I are on this adventure is really trying to, you mentioned climate change, I think earlier, and just really trying to hone in on like how we can leave our best footprint and be in as much harmony as we can with with the systems around us. So my wife is very into permaculture and she spends a lot of time helping other people just tune into what they want to do with their space and transform their space into food forest. And yeah, her little smiling soil movement is gaining quite a bit of traction. But yeah, with that, I'm staring outside right now, my avocado trees. That's why I'm like, I don't know. I, I love avocados. I love it to eat some fresh food, which pairs really well with going outside for extended periods of time and eating just junk food most of the time sadly i ate one too many hostess pies on my 16 day ride and so now all i want to find balance like that's right you know we we got we got some fresh lettuce she's yeah let me go get you some but there is some serious stuff going on with the climate right now some real serious stuff you're talking about 80 million plus people currently under heat wave uh conditions you're talking about 
the water off of Florida being 97 degrees. I know. It's a real deal. That, that can't be good. No, we're, I'm fortunate enough. I live in a town. I get to ride my bike. My wife, my daughter and I just got back from zipping around town and that's so fun. And we get a lot of people who are still surprised. Oh, you get around by bicycle most of the time. And it's, yeah, like this is such a great way to experience our city. And in in Santa Cruz, to be fair, there's a lot of tourist traffic. It works out really well, but yeah, I think that's definitely a passion of mine is as we go out and experience and get to connect with what's out there is finding a way to come back and bring that back to the front country. And really in many ways, it's like you go on a trip and man, unfortunately like plastic baggies, it's really hard to not do a trip and not use plastic baggies. We really try when my daughter and I are out snack bags, snack, silicone snack containers. And we brought those on our last trip. We went out for just two nights and we had a lot of those. We still got to use some plastic. So how do we make up for that when we're here as well? Geez, we always use reusable grocery bags and we always try. So yeah, just trying as much as we can to be intentional and conscious and pay attention. And hopefully we can, yeah, educate and continue to take care of our spaces. So we have these for many more years to come. So when my daughter's older, she can take her kids out there and go see some pristine alpine lakes yes all right hey we are finished i want to thank you for coming on the podcast justin we we wish you the very best in your future adventures and i feel like this is an unfinished conversation you need to come back on and and let's do another episode together i would be happy to man you're such a legend i really appreciate it i feel like i just scratched the surface i don't know i talked for however long we just chatted and i feel like wow like i've I've given a snippet into who i am i'm just an average dude doing out there doing average things and i feel like we're all just trying to challenge ourselves however we can however we show up in our relationships and physically mentally emotionally so thank you for giving me the opportunity and really continue to pay it forward Uh, thank you we've just spent 90 minutes inside the mind of justin smith and i I feel invigorated for being in that space so wow doing great things man you're you're amazing man i hope you have an awesome time up in desolation oh thanks Uh, as we close up any shout outs to friends and family justin Oh man, I think I've said my wife a few times here. She's the one who honestly is, she's my partner and I really just, I I can't say enough good things and look forward to many more opportunities to get out there and more adventures to come. And there's, there's a lot of people in my life who I just really cherish the, the support and the encouragement and the, the enthusiasm that they bring to and the opportunity to reflect. I think so much about going outside is coming back and applying that in a new scenario in a new situation and, and taking that lesson that was gleaned and finding a way to weave that in. Yeah, thank you for providing the space for all of that to unfold. Thank you. And I will shout out Brett Gravelin for setting this up for us. Yeah, of course, man. Like I said, he spearheaded a big tribe of people who who did a lot of cheering me on and I needed it through some of those low moments. So yeah. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you just had the best poop truck hitch ever with Buckeye. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. (laughs) 